Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday and welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in this week for another episode of the BMUs Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. As always, we're going to analyze, review, and discuss the latest news and dive into the past regarding movies, music, video games, and much, much more. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at BMUs Reviews and tune in to the BMUs Reviews Podcast each week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and hit the bell icon to receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast and all other video content goes live. If there's a question or topic that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send them to bmusereviews at gmail.com with podcast, question, slash topic in the subject line. With all that out of the way, let's not waste any more time and get right to this week's news. Welcome, everyone, to the BMU's Reviews Podcast. Alrighty, and topic number one today. Disney Plus is now adding parental controls in the United States. Now, last week on the podcast, we talked about where Netflix Marvel shows were going to go. And initially, I figured the shows would end up on Hulu, the sister streaming platform. Instead, we find out they will now be adding parental controls to Disney Plus in the United States the same day the Marvel shows are set to arrive on the platform, Disney Plus, March 16th, 2022, right around the corner, two weeks out. A recent article from Screen Rant details the following, and I quote, All Marvel Netflix shows are officially releasing on Disney Plus in March domestically as the streaming service adds more parental controls. Netflix entered the Marvel Universe in 2015 when the first seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones debuted to great acclaim. They produced six shows and 13 seasons of television over the next four years. However, the streaming service decided to begin canceling these shows in 2018 and was no longer involved with Marvel by the time Jessica Jones season three arrived in 2019. It was expected that all of these shows would remain on Netflix for eternity since they were exclusively made for the service. The futures of these shows have been uncertain in recent weeks after it was revealed that all of them would leave Netflix at the time of February 2022. It originally was not clear what would happen to them next. Although Disney Plus Canada later confirmed Daredevil and other Marvel Netflix shows would begin streaming there in March 2022, this sparked more confusion about what the future held for these popular titles domestically, as Disney Plus doesn't have Star as a place for more adult content in the United States like most international territories. As a result, Hulu became the expected destination for all of Netflix Marvel content. That's how we said last week on the podcast. I definitely saw Hulu being utilized in this way. You know, before when Bob Iger was the CEO for Disney, he was adamant that it was it would remain family friendly and there there would be no need for parental controls. But now Bob Iger no longer being in Disney 
and you have Bob Chapek there now. Things have changed, clearly. Things have clearly changed. But let's go back to the article. I quote, on the day the show's left Netflix, Disney has now officially announced that all former Netflix Marvel shows will stream on Disney Plus domestically. Every season of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, The Punisher, and The Defenders will be available starting March 16th, 2022. ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will also move to Disney Plus on this date after previously being on Netflix. The Marvel Netflix shows will maintain their original TVMA ratings, a first for Disney Plus. As a result, Disney Plus will also implement these new parental controls starting March 16th. End quote. Big news. Big, big news. I mean, when Disney Plus was originally announced, like we said, it was set to be family friendly for eternity, just as the Marvel Netflix shows were set to be on the Netflix streaming platform for eternity. And we see in both cases, it's not so. It's not so. Big developments, though. Very big developments. And who knows? I mean, does that mean we're going to see more adult content filtered onto Disney Plus now that they will add these parental controls and they have the opportunity to do so and to make sure that they keep the family-friendly content from the adult-directed content? We'll have to see. But this is very big, big news. Very big news. And we'll have to see what more comes out about this. Uh, March 16th is right around the corner. It is 12 days away. And it's interesting. It's very interesting. Very. I did not expect this. Hulu was definitely the streaming platform I thought they would utilize. But instead, they have decided to go ahead and add these parental controls, keeping everything on Disney+. And we'll have to see. We'll have to see what more comes of this. But definitely wanted to share this today and let you guys know the latest regarding the Disney Plus acquisition of Marvel's Netflix shows and the addition of parental controls in the U.S. Big news and big developments. More to come. Now, our second topic today, Sir Patrick Stewart confirms his role in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, after making his best attempt to play coy, Sir Patrick Stewart recently participated in an interview promoting the new season of Paramount Plus's Picard. CBR details the conversation, writing the following, and I quote, On Jake's takes, Stewart was asked about the recent Multiverse of Madness trailer. Well, I had my phone turned off as it happened, so I didn't hear anything, he said. It wasn't until the next morning when I woke up and looked at my phone and found that I had been bombarded with responses and that my PR people had sent me reactions that they had detailed and passed on to me. I actually didn't recognize my own voice. It sounded different. Whether I had a cold or something at the time, I don't know. But I was astonished, and all they saw was the back of my shoulder and I think my earlobe. Nothing else. There would have been so many connections made, but uh, it pleased me. End quote. There you have it, folks. There you have it. I don't know if he meant to say what he said there. Later on in the interview, he did he did try to tease more and saying, oh, well, who knows if it was me or not? We'll have to wait and see, blah, blah, blah. But here, and I'll repeat, he says, I actually didn't recognize my own voice. It sounded different. Whether I had a cold or something at the time, I don't know. 
but I was astonished and all they saw was the back of my shoulder and I think my earlobe, nothing else. That right there gives it away. He he completely was reminiscing about, I guess, the time, shooting that scene, the audio that they had utilized for the trailer. And I, I just, I think it's really exciting. I know last week on the podcast, we talked about the possibility of Sir Patrick Stewart playing a different character within the MCU. I think that's 100% not going to happen even though we mentioned it you know i think there's no way that you're going to bring sir patrick stewart into the mcu also in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and not and not have him play professor charles xavier i don't think that's going to happen i don't think that could happen i mean it most certainly could but i highly doubt it but this is very exciting nonetheless not sure what we're getting in this movie though sam raimi's vision with this movie looks absolutely wild and i know this is when kevin feige originally introduced this onto the timeline slate of Marvel upcoming films years back at San Diego Comic-Con, he mentioned that the goal and the vision for this film is to be the very first horror thriller-esque film within the MCU. And immediately upon hearing that, my excitement went through the roof. I, I just could not wait to see. And then adding Sam Raimi to direct it, Adding Sam Raimi to the helm only doubled, if not tripled, my excitement for this movie. So, at the same time, while we're not sure what we're getting at story-wise, all I know is that we're going to be giving some great, great things. And I'm very excited, and I cannot wait. Marvel Studios has remained very true and faithful to many of the comic books of the past, while also keeping fans guessing and taking the stories and characters into various directions that we never even thought of and i think that's certainly the case in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness it certainly was the case in spider-man no way at home i mean whoever thought that we would actually see all three spider-men on screen together we all hoped and we actually got what we wanted spoiler if you haven't seen no way home i don't know if you're probably like the three people that haven't seen it yet but there you go <laughs> cannot wait for this film with doctor strange 2 with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I should say, I do believe that we will see some sort of mutant storyline introduced. They've been teasing it for a while, and it's only a matter of time before mutants are introduced within the MCU. And Professor Charles Xavier is one of the most powerful mutants within the MCU. And introducing him in this movie, and based on comic material, Wanda is also one of the most powerful mutants in the MCU as well. We could very well be on our way, maybe not in this movie, but certainly down the road to Wanda meeting the X-Men and as well as other mutants. It's only a matter of time. And I think that this movie dealing with the multiverse of madness and introducing Professor Charles Xavier, having Sir Patrick Stewart come back for the role I think that's certainly the way that it looks and that's the way that we could be treading. Not exactly sure what we're going to see, but again, it's definitely going to be epic. It's definitely going to bring all the juice, Tropicana, and some pulp, and it's less than two months away. It's less than two months away. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Now, our next topic today, we're going to be previewing and predicting the matches for AEW Revolution this Sunday, March 6th, 8 p.m. start time, 7 p.m. start time with the buy-in. And that's what we're going to start with. 
but with the buy-in, you're going to see Chris Statlander taking on Layla Hirsch. Now, this has been a heated rivalry so far the past few weeks. It's been very bitter. Both women trading personal, emotional, driven promos back and forth. My prediction for this match is Chris Statlander takes the win. Next match on the buy-in, we're going to see Hook take on QT Marshall. My boy Hook. Send Hook. They're going to send him. They're going to send him after QT, and then whoever's next, God help you. Because... Uh, QT Marshall does not stand a chance in this match. He's going to get his ass beat. And uh, there's no chance uh, anyone, there's no chance Hook does not win this match. Looking forward to watching. Cannot wait. Make sure you tune in. The buy-in should be available on YouTube. It's free from 7 to 8 o'clock. During the buy-in, these two matches will take place. Setting up for the 8 p.m. start time for the main card on pay-per-view. Definitely recommend tuning in especially on YouTube, getting a chance to see Hook beat the shit out of QT Marshall. It's going to be funny as hell. Now, moving on to the main card. We're going to see the AHFO, Andrade El Idolo, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, TNT Champion, Sammy Guevara, and Sting in a Tornado Tag Team match. My prediction for this match is that Allen, Guevara, and Sting will pick up the victory over the AHFO. It's going to be interesting to see how the TNT Championship plays out, being that tonight on Rampage, 10 p.m. start time on TNT, we're going to see Sammy Guevara defend his TNT Championship against not only Andrade, but also Darby Allin as well, his upcoming tag team partner for this match. Going to be interesting. If the TNT Championship changes hands, then that's going to change the entire dynamic of this match. Still going with Allen, Guevara, and Sting to pick up the win in this match. Next match we're going to see is the Face of the Revolution ladder match. The past several weeks, we've seen qualifying matches, which is to get into this ladder match. We're going to see Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Christian Cage or Ethan Page, depending on who wins tonight's match on Rampage. My guess is that it'll be Christian Cage and having a veteran, especially a veteran from ladder matches of the past classic matches, Edge and Christian back in the day. I mean, this Christian knows how to maneuver his way and how to execute a proper badass ladder match. So I think adding him to this match only propels it further and it'll really bolster the younger talent in this match, especially Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and Wardlow for sure. I think going to my prediction, my guess is that Wardlow will come out as the victor in this match. He's been on fire recently. I was between him or Keith Lee for this match. I still might lean towards Keith Lee, but I'm sticking with my prediction, Wardlow to win this match. I just think ultimately powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, while having two members of Team Taz is interesting in this match. I don't believe this is the match for them to turn on each other. I think more so than anything, we're going to see Ricky Starks and Keith Lee start up a feud, possibly over the FTW Championship. Um, that, that might be between Hobbs and Starks later down the road. However, I do think we're heading towards a feud building between Team Taz and Keith Lee for sure. They've been teasing that 
past few weeks on Rampage and Dynamite. And I think that's going to play a big factor in this match and, and that they're going to sabotage and keep Keith Lee from winning this match, although I think he will come close. So ultimately, my prediction for this match is that Wardlow will become the victor. He will win the face of the Revolution ladder match and earn a shot later down the road for the TNT Championship. Next on the card, we're going to see Chris Jericho take on Eddie Kingston. Now, this has been great storytelling and great promos we've seen on TV on Rampage and Dynamite the past few weeks regarding this feud. It's built heavy, especially two weeks ago on Dynamite. The promo, the in-ring segment that we saw between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston was personal. It was great. And it was believable. Getting right to the prediction, I don't see any way Eddie Kingston loses this match. I think that Eddie Kingston needs this win, and Chris Jericho certainly does not. I think that it will be a great match. I do think it will live up to the hype that it will put Eddie Kingston onto the next pedestal that has been referenced between the two in their in-ring segments. So I think Eddie Kingston will come out as the winner of this match for sure. Next, we're going to see CM Punk take on MJF in a dog collar match. Now, earlier in the month, we heard CM Punk ask MJF to properly be his Valentine in the only way thinkable, challenging him to a dog collar match at Revolution. This match is going to be brutal. This past week on Dynamite, we saw MJF come out, the two hugged in the ring, CM Punk let his guard down, and that's the one thing you cannot do around MJF because he will take advantage of it. He's a slimy dude, and he's always looking for the way to get the upper hand no matter what the cost is. He does not care about anybody but himself, and that's always been evident in AEW, the way he portrays himself. And what he did to Punk, brutalizing him, putting him in a dog collar, choking him, hit him in the head with his brass ring, cut him open. I mean, the knot that he left him with on his forehead, too. You could see it was swelling up instantly. The wiping the blood on the shirt with the picture printed on it of them meeting when MJF was a kid. This storyline has been epic. It's been great to see. You never know what's going to come next. And I think this match is going to be very, very bloody, very brutal. I do see CM Punk getting his revenge, though, not only for his loss in Chicago and MJF cheating twice in that match, but also for the treatment this past week on Wednesday on Dynamite. CM Punk definitely will win this match, for sure. Next, we're going to see John Moxley take on Brian Danielson. Now, the two have been discussing the, the idea of possibly joining forces as a reputable tag team in AEW. Not only are they strong apart, but imagine what they could do together. And that is ultimately what Brian Danielson approached John Moxley with a few weeks ago on Dynamite. Now, in this match, I expect there to be blood for sure. If there's not, I will be entirely shocked. This match will be brutal. As John Moxley originally said to Brian Danielson, he is never beaten. Brian Danielson and he also does not join forces or team with anybody that he does not bleed with first so with that being said I do see there being blood in this match I do seeing it be very very physical 
technical and ultimately being one of the most underrated matches on this card. I think it's going to live up to all of the hype. I think it's going to also bring the juice. And I see Mox taking the win in this match over Brian Danielson. And afterwards, the two joining forces. Brian Danielson has set himself up as the heel in this match. And John Moxley coming in as the face. I think ultimately Brian Danielson will begin to respect John Moxley more and leading to the two joining forces and taking the tag team division absolutely by storm. Next, we're going to see the AEW TBS Championship defended. Jade Cargill, current champion, will take on challenger Tay Conti. Prediction for this match is that Jade Cargill will retain, continuing her absolutely dominant undefeated streak. I don't see there's any way Tay Conti will win this match. I don't think she's the one to end the undefeated streak of Jade Cargill, but I do expect this match to surprise a lot of people. Both extremely talented women, Jade Cargill is only getting better and better each week, and Tay Conti has proven herself to be a very reputable wrestler within the women's division. Look back to the match that she participated on New Year's Eve, that street fight. The tag team women's match, the street fight. I mean, you want to talk about women putting it on the line. I have never seen a match. It's still one of my favorite matches to ever take place in AEW. I go back and watch those highlights of the match all the time. All the time. It was absolutely astounding what those women were able to do in that match. Going through tables, thumbtacks, unbelievable. And the amount of respect that I have for all the talent in AEW is just, it cannot be measured. So I am very excited and looking forward to this match as well, where Jade Cargill goes from here. Will Tay Conti continue her quest for the championship after this, or will Jade Cargill continue to mow through the challengers that come her way? Next, we're going to see the AEW Tag Team Championship on the line in a triple threat match. Jurassic Express, the current champions, will take on Red Dragon, consisting of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And then also taking on the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Prediction for this match is that Jurassic Express will win and retain their championships. They need the championships more than the other two teams do. And I think ultimately it's leading more towards a feud between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. We've seen one week them turn on each other in the Battle Royale. Two weeks ago on Dynamite and this past week in the casino battle royale when the young bucks earned their way into the match we saw red dragon try and play all buddy buddy and i don't think that's gonna last at all i don't think anybody does i think ultimately jurassic express will retain their championships in this match because of the ultimate tension between red dragon and the young bucks they are competitors in this match and i think that's only going to get the water to boil more between this feud Within this feud of Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, I think this match is going to be the match that sets the flame. Next, we're going to see the AEW Women's World Championship on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, current champion, rounding out what's soon to be a year of her with the title. She takes on challenger Thunder Rosa. Now, I am completely conflicted with this match. I have a prediction, but my prediction completely contradicts my initial thoughts with this match. 
while my gut tells me that Britt Baker will retain, my prediction ultimately is that Thunder Rosa will win this match simply due to the fact that I don't see the night ending without at least one title changing hands. It's definitely not going to be the TBS championship. Jade Cargo will continue her undefeated streak, as we said. Don't think it will be in the tag team championship. While it could be, being a triple threat match, having multiple factors play into it. I just see Jurassic Express retaining. They need the titles more so than the other two teams at this point. And ultimately, like we said, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, I think that feud will get started more so in this match afterwards. And so with Britt Baker, I don't see her retaining simply due to the fact that someone has got to drop a title in this card. They don't have to, but I, I see it as highly unlikely that they would end the night with at least one title not changing hands. So I do think my prediction is that Thunder Rosa will win this match, although it goes against every, uh, every instinct that I have. Um, I just have to go based on, you know, what, what I really see playing out. I, I just, I don't, while I think it's more likely for Jurassic Express to lose the titles, for the tag team championships to change hands, both major titles being on the line and Britt Baker having the title for so long, I just think that Thunder Rosa is the correct person for her to lose the title to at this point. And last but not least, we were going to have the main event, the AEW World Championship on the line hangman adam page the current champion takes on challenger adam cole prediction for this match is that adam page will retain his championship we've seen great segments between adam cole and red dragon and also hangman adam page and the dark order this match is personal adam cole originally confronted adam page he told him straight to his face when i'm in the same company as you you may be the champion, but you just become the other Adam. I'm Adam Cole, and you are the other Adam. He has no respect for Adam Page, and he wants the title, and he will do anything to get it. He does not care who he has to go through, what he has to do. He wants the title. He wants what he wants. With that said, I do see Hangman Adam Page holding on capitalizing on some critical mistake that Adam Cole makes in this match. And I see Adam Page retaining his title. Super excited to see all of these matches. This card is absolutely stacked. They've done such a great job of building feuds up into this point. It's so refreshing to see matches have their big payoff at the pay-per-view as it's supposed to be a genuine organic storyline created that leads up to a match for it all. I look at each one of these matches and I understand why they're taking place, the storylines that have led up to this point. It's very, very refreshing to see. And I'm very thankful that AEW exists. Very much looking forward to this show. Absolutely cannot wait. Be sure to tune in to the buy-in. Starts 7 p.m. You can watch it directly on AEW's YouTube page, All Elite Wrestling. It starts at 7 p.m. and ends at 8 p.m. for the main card, which will be available directly on pay-per-view. Sunday, March 6th, 
7 p.m. start time for the buy-in, 8 p.m. start time for the main card. Cannot wait. Topic number four today. Beetlejuice 2 is currently in development. Years ago, Tim Burton was asked about the rumored sequel and was like, yeah, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. As much as we wanted to, it's just not going to happen. But now the tide might just be turning. A recent article from Deadline discusses the recent news around the long-awaited sequel to Tim Burton's 1988 classic. I quote, Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, has boarded Beetlejuice 2, Deadline has confirmed, bringing a new sense of life to a project that has been long in the works at Warner Brothers. The sequel remains in early development with the script yet to be written. No other attachments have been disclosed at this time. Beetlejuice is a classic film from director Tim Burton in which the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home, hiring a malicious spirit of the same name to drive them out. Michael Keaton played the title role in the original with Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Catherine O'Hara, Winona Ryder, and more rounding out the cast. End quote. If this actually happens, I am very interested to see what it looks like. I'm very much rooting for this project to succeed. I am just a bit worried that it may be too late. Michael Keaton is 70 years old. Yes, the man who will be reprising his role as the Batman in the upcoming Flash and Batgirl movies is 70 years old. It's hard to believe, but it's true. Not just that, but the movie itself, Beetlejuice, in 1988, it came out over 32 years ago. But since then, it has become a fall-time classic, especially for Halloween, and it's always quoted. Not sure what the title of this film would be, Beetlejuice 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, I'm rooting for this movie to get made and do very well. I'm just not going to hold my breath. The script has not been written yet, and we have to see what comes of this. These things come and go all the time, and just as much as we want to see it, sometimes it doesn't mean that it's going to happen, unfortunately, but we'll have to wait and see. Topic number five today, I want to talk about some new trailers that recently debuted. The first being Under the Banner of Heaven starring Andrew Garfield and Sam Worthington. Under the Banner of Heaven is an upcoming series that will debut on Hulu. Tagline for the show reads, A devout detective's faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder seemingly connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LSD fundamentalism and their distrust in the government. This trailer, if you have not seen it already, check it out. I'm immediately hooked. Anything Andrew Garfield does, I'm immediately interested in. The guy is an incredible actor. He's an incredible performer. And just seeing the crime drama that this series is going to bring looks to be seven episodes in total that's coming up later this year. Absolutely cannot wait to see what the show looks like. Go watch the trailer if you haven't already. Like I said, Under the Banner of Heaven coming later this year in 2022 starring Andrew Garfield and Sam Worthington. Definitely one to be sure to look out for. Next, the other trailer we saw drop earlier this week was Bullet Train. Upcoming action thriller starring Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Sandra Bullock. Michael Shannon and Brian Tyree Henry also make appearances in the film as well. The movie's tagline is that five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train 
find out their missions have something in common. The trailer, I mean, it just, it's insane in the best of ways. If you have not seen this trailer yet, definitely go into YouTube and watching it. If you have not seen either of the trailers, we will be leaving the links in the description. Go ahead and click the links to either one of the trailers and check them out if you haven't done so already. Definitely recommend checking out both of these trailers. Under the Banner of Heaven, upcoming series coming to Hulu, and also Bullet Train, upcoming theatrical release, releasing this summer, July 15th, 2022. Be sure to look out for both of these. Topic number six today. We got our first look at Brendan Fraser as Firefly in the upcoming Batgirl movie. Someone who we talked about in depth last week on the podcast and the recent resurgence of his respective career, the Renaissance that's currently been happening. Brendan Fraser is set to play the villain Firefly Garfield Lens in the upcoming Batgirl movie. Also set to star in the movie as Batgirl, we're going to see Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace most recently appeared in the movie In the Heights. Absolutely incredible actress. Michael Keaton will also be reprising his role as Batman, as well as J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon and not Jeffrey Wright. So that's interesting. We're going to see J.K. Simmons reprise his role not only in this Batgirl movie, but also The Flash. And we're going to see the same thing for Michael Keaton. This further expands upon the DCEU and further clarifies the point of the new Batman film that we've seen being its own standalone universe. has nothing to do with the DCEU. It's its own thing. Jeffrey Wright is the Commissioner Gordon there. Robert Pattinson is the Batman. That's it. So the DCEU is going to be completely separate moving forward, it looks like. We'll have to wait to see what The Flash brings in November. Very excited to see what it brings. But... Getting back to this story, the first images of Brendan Fraser as Firefly have been revealed. In the photos, we see the classic mask almost resembling a gas mask, and the cloak, the arm holster, as well as the tanks on his back. It's very, it's a very obscure and different villain to choose for this movie. I'm all here for it. I'm absolutely all here for it, especially with the casting choice of Brendan Fraser in this role. I'm super excited to see what he brings to this movie, and I'm also excited to see what the movie brings overall to the DCEU and how it expands upon it. Right now, it's set to release on HBO Max with, with the much-anticipated success of The Batman, as well as the Blue Beetle movie getting moved to a theatrical release. I surely hope that The Batgirl receives the same treatment, and I don't see why it wouldn't. It's set to release later this year, currently wrapping up filming i hope they stick to a 2022 release definitely looking forward to seeing it we'll have to wait to see what more comes out about this but it's exciting to see our first look at firefly brendan Fraser in that role can't wait to see what more comes out about this movie now topic number seven today the batman going to do a non-spoiler review it's only friday gonna give everyone a chance to see it next week on the podcast we'll talk more in depth about spoilers but, woohoo, man. Man, oh, man. Ave Maria. Dude, I have been doing that since I saw this movie. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Man, I'm, st- I, I'm still reeling from seeing this movie. Matt Reeves delivered 
not a perfect movie. Of course not. No movie is going to be perfect, let's be honest. But in terms of what you could do with the Batman, Matt Reeves delivered and then some. Like a year's worth of Tropicana juice (laughs) with with this movie. Maybe two years, honestly. I could not be more grateful that Matt Reeves had this idea for the film where he wanted to take the Batman when watching this film I thought to myself how grateful I am that Warner Brothers greenlit this movie and stood firmly by its creator and visionary Matt Reeves when I say firmly I mean firmly this movie is not at all for kids not at all the f- no spoilers but the first scene alone I, I the first on my mind was what we talked about before this movie should have been rated r absolutely should have been rated r don't know how it wasn't i don't know who they paid but this mo- the fact that this movie wasn't rated r dumbfounds me but regardless this movie is dark brutal and it has many elements of horror throughout and I absolutely loved every second of it. I absolutely loved every second of this movie. It is a bit long, but you don't really feel that while watching. There's so much to the story, and there's so much constantly going on on screen that you are never bored for a second watching this movie. If you are, I don't know what else in the universe could help you with that issue but I will pray for you. In any sense, this movie is absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, every scene in this movie matters and is integral to the main main plot. And I thought that was one of the most fascinating parts. That's why, you know, it being too long. Yeah, it's a long movie. I shouldn't say it feels a bit too, it doesn't feel a bit too long. It's just, it's, you know, the movie's a long, it's a long movie. It's a three hour movie. But, Every scene in this movie matters, and it is truly integral to the main plot. It's really astounding. It's a detective noir film, 1940s-esque. You get hints of, like, The Godfather throughout. It's This movie is a masterpiece of a Batman film. I just, I'm so grateful, and I cannot wait to go see it again and again and again. I'm still very surprised that Warner Brothers stuck by Matt Reeves and his vision for what the Batman could be and now is. But I am just so grateful that they did. Wow, oh wow. Never really thought that we would get to see Batman in this way, even darker than when we saw in from Ben Affleck's Batman and Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. But this, this did it. And it did it in a realistic way. It wasn't at all colorful. It wasn't... There was no fantasy elements. This was just real through and through like this. You felt like this could actually occur nowadays in real life. And it, you feel that throughout the movie, which makes it so much more believable. And, and what the characters are doing and what they're saying and their motives. And it's just it was unbelievable. If you have not done so already, please get your tickets and go see the Batman on the biggest screen possible you will not regret it i promise you 
my most anticipated movie of this year, and it most definitely lived up to the hype and expectations that I had. And then some. Like I said, years worth of Tropicana. Years worth of Tropicana juice. It brought all of the juice. I definitely recommend you go see it, like I said, on the biggest screen possible, as many times possible. Last but not least, topic number eight today, we're going to preview some upcoming content, movie reactions, and gameplay videos that we will see on YouTube. Movie reactions are being completed and edited currently, as well as gameplay videos. All will be coming very soon on the YouTube channel. With regard to movie picks, we're going to start off with some random picks of movies that I haven't seen yet. And then we'll also be taking your recommendations. So let us know in the comments. Write to us at bmusereviews at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and let us know your picks for not only movie reactions, but also gameplay videos. In our link tree, you will see the master list for our retro game collection. Feel free to look through our list. Let us know any games that you want to see featured on our YouTube channel. And we'll be sure to play through them in their entirety. And with that, just about wraps up our last installment of the BMU's Reviews podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at BMU's Reviews. Be sure to listen every week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you and ask you to like, leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon. That way, you receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast goes live, as well as all other video content. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of the BMU's Reviews podcast, so stay tuned for more. And, as always, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.